Okay. Um, yeah, well, uh, thank you so much. I I loved your um I loved your intro to the meeting. It was very, very good and um very excited. I, I thought about this meeting and I thought last time I was here, the first time I was here, there were all these crusty old people who seemed to know a lot about program and I was thinking, oh geez, it's a little bit intimidating. <laughs> and so it's really lovely to see people who um sound well have have maybe just come to this meeting for the first time or indeed maybe just checking our way out. Yeah, which is great. So there might be a an element of newness in the room um, as well. Um, yeah, so my name is Maida. Um, I'm I how do I qualify to be here? Um well, yeah, where do I start? I qualified to be here because um I developed in 1979 um an eating disorder, which I believe was um, being developed many, many years before that, perhaps when I was born. Um, but basically, I was hospitalized um, for anorexia, but I, I actually had got to that low weight through binging and vomiting mostly. And I was in, I was, uh, well, I was probably only 14 years old then, but, you know, I turned 15 years, I turned 15 because I'm the end of the year. Um yeah, I, I turned yeah fourteen to fifteen, and I was developing an eating disorder, um, and I was I had lost uh, about forty three percent of my weight at that stage, you know. So I was, you know, very severely anorexic, and that was back in nineteen seventy nine when all of these these eating disorders that everyone knows about now were just coming out of the closet so to speak you know and and I think there was some of the first you know it's it you know like it wasn't common like it is now anyway um yeah so that was that was sort of what what allowed me to be in OA and of course that continued but a little bit of a backstory you know um I guess when I was you know when I was born a few little clues in my history I guess you would say when I was born um my mother said, oh, we didn't have to worry about you too much. You just plugged yourself into your thumb. You know, so I was orally um, soothing myself right from the word go. I was probably doing it in the womb. Um, and I've always, always thought that I have an old, you know, I've got this propensity for avoiding pain and seeking pleasure. You know, I'm, I'm a perfect storm to be an addict, you know, Um and I can remember, you know, it's sort of bizarre because I don't remember much of my childhood, but the bits I do remember was that I was very neurotic. And when I was out, you know, we we lived on a, a, a property in Western Queensland, you know, it was very dry. It was, it was a very male sort of area where, you you know, the females stayed at home and did this and the men went out and did that and the men had all the exciting stuff to be to do you know but that's beside the point um I'll try and keep try and keep my focus on the things that really stood out to me that were about addiction as such you know um yeah very neurotic child very very frightened but in another way very out there and very courageous and thought that I was better than other people perhaps it was a sort of a weird combination of things but you know just reminds me of you know that that incredibly low self-esteem, but, you know, incredible pride and, and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, 
you know, and there was something about us that we were on the land, you know, and those townies and, you know, there was all this sort of, you know, we're slightly better than them or something like that, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, there was that too. And, um, you know, which I think sort of goes with what I see as the addictive personality as well. Um, but I remember going to a party and we'd have these church services out in, on the properties, you know, stations, and it was just all very, um, you know, somewhat, basically someone's place and we'd go there and we'd have a church, the, the pastor would travel to the area and we'd have a church service. And there was always lots of foods and there was lots of other other children there. And I don't know, I've always felt that my my peers were very difficult to deal with, you know. Um, so I wasn't very well socialised. I was living in sort of an isolation and doing, I wasn't doing school with other kids. I was doing something called School of the Air, um, which those of you in Australia who might might have heard of, yep, five, holy heck. Um, yeah, um, so, yeah, so, so that was that. And I remember this instance where these kids were picking on me. They were bullying me. Um, and I didn't know what to do. And I went inside and I had a bit of this particular food. And it was just like, you know, that you hear the story of the heroin addict shooting up for the first time. All of a sudden, all of it went away. It was peaceful. Um, and, <laughs> you know, this wonderful thing that I ate, you know, um, yeah, it just took it all away. So there were all these references to food. The other thing that happened, of course, was, you know, when I first had my first alcoholic drink, of course, it took it all away and made life more fun as well, you know. So, um, yeah, so that's, you know, that my history is one of being, um, you know, coming into program um, at, at 19, 1997 um, and being totally lost, not at my rock bottom, just not knowing what life is all about. You know, it's sort of like, what the fuck is this all about? What am I here for? I don't get it. Life is just crap, you know, and I was binging and vomiting, you know, most most of most of my meals. Anyway, so that that was where it came to. And I came into the program and my first sponsor was both a bulimic and alcoholic. And when I tried to give up the food, I really tried to stop binging and vomiting. Um, my alcohol consumption went from three quarters of a bottle of wine per night to a full bottle of wine. And she said, oh, you maybe you need to go to AA as well. And I thought, you know, that didn't go down well. So my history has been one of very much um, a bit of a checkered history of putting down one of addi one addiction and picking up another. But I, I truly believe that, you know, for me, I was born with these, these, um, very strong propensities and if the environment was such I would just pick it up anyway so my food stuff so I came into OA and AA in in 92 my life definitely changed but I didn't stop the vomiting nothing stopped the vomiting I went on antidepressants I did a whole lot of stuff that I wasn't doing before you know and I'd been I think I'd seen seven seven different psychiatrists at that stage so you know, I was well educated about why I was, you know, I know about childhood trauma, I know about intergenerational trauma, I know all about that stuff. Um, well, I know that now, I didn't know that then, but I was already educated about why I might have been the way I was. And of course, as I know, and, and probably many of you know, 
made jack shit about anything you know it didn't make a difference but it has in hindsight given me a lot of compassion for how difficult this process is <laughs> how slow this process can be you know and when i was looking at at a name for what i was going to give this which is sometimes what i do when i shared um it's incremental and what i what i what i get is incremental awareness incremental trust incremental uh willingness to practice in, in incremental progress you know um and when i came in here and and you know i wasn't coming in here to lose weight because i've never been overweight i've been underweight but i've never been overweight and i've been very very this is the other thing that's amazing is that i've been a normal healthy weight for many many years even in my disease, but was as crazy as you could possibly be in an eating disorder. You know, that that to me, you know, and I see so many people coming in and it's just, oh, quick, got to get the weight off, got to get the weight off. You know, well, for me, that obsession was I've got to get fixed. I've got to get this fucking crazy brain fixed because I knew it was my head. You know, I knew the, I, I sort of got that. I knew that, 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 it wasn't the food that was the problem. The food was just the bit of the iceberg I could see. It was all the underlying stuff that was driving my addiction, you know, driving me to seek pleasure and to avoid the pain, you know, the, avoid the pain of growing up and dealing with life on life's terms, as they say, you know. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, time's running out. So I need to, um, yeah, so... So what I've learned since I've been in here, I guess, is that I need to keep coming back. The journey has been, as I said, very incremental. It's been very messy. It took me five years in OA to give up the really grosser form of my eating disorder because I was, thank you, I wasn't really, um, I wasn't really capable of getting any more, you know. And and yeah, yeah, you can say I wasn't willing, I wasn't able, um, I but. You know that that has been my story, and I hear a lot of that in in the program. It takes what it takes, and I need to keep coming back because every time I come here, I I learn something new. You know, um, and I need to keep learning because there's a lot left to change. You know, um, and as I said, I didn't want to lose weight. I wanted to stop vomiting, and then I wanted to fix myself. <laughs> oh, another lovely lovely way to go down the rabbit hole. So what I've learned about that is, is that, no, I can't fix myself. The brain that created the mess in the first place cannot fix the brain. I cannot fix my pro, I cannot run a program that is based on that thinking because it will be perfectionistic. It will be controlling. It will be rigid as fuck. And it won't be anything about surrender, you know, um, so, yeah, so I'm having to completely let go of that whole paradigm of, you know, trying to control the universe and step back and say, oh, okay, there's this thing called a higher power. Let's give that a shot. Let's practice learning to trust that. Let's have a go at that, you know. Um, so, yeah, so I really think that, you know, part of my life has been a little experiment to practice, you know, what is what it, what is it, what is it to be in recovery? What is it to gradually practice one day at a time? Just just in this moment, what does it mean to surrender? You know, 
oh, I'm here with this wonderful group of people and um, I'm raving on about myself, which, you know, I'm an addict. I like that. <laughs> I've still got a lot of work to do. I'm still not humble. I'm still, you know, all of those things, you know. I'm still a rat bag, you know. Um, and I, I believe that, you know, probably a few few lifetimes to change most of those things, but I'm I'm able to get better. Life is able to get better and I'm allowed to, I'm able to feel the joy today of just really surrendering, you know, and that's wonderful. And really being willing to, you know, turn up and have a go at something and not freak out because, oh, there's all these profound old crusty characters that know everything about, you know, 12-step programs and what can I possibly tell them, you know, <laughs> which is sort of what I was, was coming up against today. Um, anyway, so, yeah, so I I understand the concept is keep coming back, keep coming back, keep having the faith, keep trusting and keep finding, keep looking for, um, you know, looking for opportunities to trust. And as I've trusted more, and as I've incrementally learned to surrender aspects of my life, including my food and my eating disorder, which was certainly not the first thing I surrendered, you know, I was never going to surrender up, up front. You know, I, you know, it has to be a life and death thing for most addicts to surrender up front. So, yeah, incremental surrender. And what I've seen in that is incremental levels of trust in my growth in trust in my higher power. Now, I don't know what my higher power is. Sometimes it's a universe. Sometimes it's this little part of my brain that has, I believe, has spirituality written on it. And it's a really good skill. It's really, it's a, you know, beautiful technological hack that if I can just tap into that spiritual side of me, it helps my nervous system re relax and regulate and I can make sensible decisions. You know, it could be scientific. It could be looking at a plant, you know, it could be looking at a, a baby's face and, you know, how they just connect with you and they smile and they just bring the best out in you, you know. Could be that, could be anything that happens in the day, you know. But what I do know is that I, if I ask for help and if I ask this fellowship for help, the universe and the fellows do come to my aid. If I don't ask and I don't show up, nothing will happen. I do know that. That's why it's important Um you know, not only learning about connecting with our higher power, but also how to use the power of fellowship. Thank you. Um, and, you know, it's sort of like sometimes you see the beautiful girl, you know, like doing something in, in the advertising, you know. The fellowship is not like that. The fellowship is an essential part of, of you know, me getting out of myself and asking for help and getting the help I need realizing that I'm just another bloody regular human being with regular human needs, human needs and 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 feelings and human needs that just needs a bit of help every now and again and didn't really get, learn the skills that she needed to live life on life's terms, which is really what I need to learn, you know. That is really the solution of, of, of the program. Um, so the fellowship is really important, you know, and sometimes it's like the steps, the steps, the steps. Yeah, the steps are great, but I'm not, it's no good if I'm doing them on, on my own. This is this is a we program. We do it together. And that is such a nicer way to do it. You know, all of a sudden, all this weight in all these terrible things and the weight in my backpack can be relieved in a moment of sharing something, you know, like something stupid I've done with the food or something stupid I've said to someone having a bit of a laugh about the humanity of it all because that 
at the beginning, we are human beings and we all have the same feelings and needs, even if we get to express them differently. And that's really a big relief to me. So it's about coming home. It's about learning to surrender. It's about learning that I'm actually human and that's okay. You know, I probably haven't said anything that makes any sense at all. And <laughs> and I'll try not to review it later on and say, <laughs> anyway, I, I think that's just about me. But I think what, what I would like to see is how has, yeah, that my favourite line in, in all of the 12-step program is the greater our surrender, the more freedom we have. And I, it's, it says freedom from food in the invitation to you, but it's the freedom from self, it's the freedom from shame, it's the freedom from guilt, it's the freedom from, you know, like it's just a beautiful process. So um, something along the lines of what what beautiful things has surrender brought into your life? surrendering to you know not surrendering to the disease we all can do that but surrendering to the higher power that's the other thing on just one more thing I surrendered I I reckon it's really I, I always tell myself it's very hard to surrender but I surrendered to the food for many 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 years so I can surrender very easily um, I've just got to learn to surrender to <laughs> the good force and not the evil force or the bad force. Anyway, may may the recovery force be with you. I'll leave it there. <laughs>